Uh, this is John Curry. I'm sitting here today with April Chauvin and a wonderful couple named Bill and Donna Elliott. Uh, in these podcasts, we've been working on the concept, not just of financial planning for retirement, but also other issues such as health care, what do you do with your time, recreation, travel. And Bill and Donna Elliott have done a fantastic job of making the transition from careers to truly enjoying retirement. And today they're willing to share their stories of what they've done. And in particular, what's fascinating is they bought a motorhome and I think for what, two years, Bill, Donna, was it two years two travel? Years. Mm-hmm. Fantastic story. But first, I just want to thank you for joining us today and being willing to share your stories. And if you would, Donna, would you start just Tell our audience a little bit about who you are, what kind of work you did before you retired, okay. and then Bill would have you do the same. Okay. I started out in the architectural field writing specs for, that's how I met my husband, and then I moved into the legal field, I uh, was a paralegal for a while, did independent contracting work while our daughter was growing up and on swim teams and had to be toted back and forth, and then I went to work for a single practitioner and did his books part-time. So I'd say the greater part of my career has been in the legal field. Very good. Bill? Okay. Well, I was with the firm of Elliott Marshall Innes, which now goes by EMI, uh, located near Tallahassee for almost 40 years. Uh, We did such things as uh, the College of Medicine at FSU, psychology building at FSU, life sciences building, uh, College of Education, and a variety of other projects on the campus. Um, I was involved with the Walton High School project over in Puniac Springs. I rode by that just Monday. <laughs> did you? I did. Well, thank you for doing that. <laughs> Thought about you and I went by there. Uh, it won some awards, as some of these other projects did. Firm tried to uh, concentrate on uh, high high level design projects, uh, delivering a workable uh, building for the building users. Uh, most of our work was in the education field, whether it be K-12 or university level, uh, but we did do a good deal of uh, military work. Uh, Eglin Air Force Base was a client of ours for probably 20 or 25 years, and we did, uh, I don't know, 50 or 80 buildings for them. Uh, we worked at uh, Moody Air Force Base, over the field and uh, a variety of other military installations. And that was uh, that was pretty much my career. Big contribution. See, the, the beauty of what you do in that line of work is you can see tangible evidence of the work and the time you put in. It's there. You drive it's past it, you see it. For, forever. Forever. And the, the building plaques that have our name on it is something that we've taken our children and grandchildren by to see what we did over the years. And it's nice to have to leave that kind of uh, impression uh, on, the, on their minds and, and buildings that are going to serve children of the children that we're, we're talking about. So really a high, uh, high degree of uh, satisfaction in having done things like that. I learned from a mentor many years ago to look at my business the same way, that long after I'm dead and gone, People that I will never meet will benefit from the work that we have done at Team Curry, whether it be the that individual who retired or the spouse, the child, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren, the charities that will benefit from the work we've done, whether it be investments or the insurance world. 
And it's the same with you. Mm-hmm. you. You drive by, you see it. You say, mm-hmm. I had a part in that. Yeah. Yeah. I had a part in that. And it was part of a team effort. I mean, when you use the word team for yours, uh, your firm, that was the way we operated too, was that there were so many people doing various things that contributed to it. It wasn't a one-person show. Um, you know, everybody in our office, and we usually had between 15 and 20 people, but they all contributed in some way to the project, so everybody had a piece of it. Right. Um, so, anyway. Team effort. Yeah. Talk a little bit, Bill, about the transition, because we had several conversations over the years where getting closer to retirement, a little bit of anxiety, okay, can I really do it, can I not do it? Talk a little bit about what you went through being a successful businessman, building a company as one of the founders to this thing called retirement. Share a little bit of that. Um, well, fortunately, I had, a, I don't know, probably 15 or 20 year experience with knowing you and having trust and confidence in you uh, to sort of open up our books and uh, our life and showing you uh, all the things that we've over the years and how we could go forward and you sort of showed us the way with uh, numbers and investments and, and uh, things that would help to support us in our retirement years. Um, I would tell you that over the years of working with the two of you, you've had a focus on what you wanted to accomplish, but you were also willing at times when we didn't agree on something to listen and learn and and then make your own decisions. So I would have to say that I, I thank you for the, the compliment there, but the truth is the two of you did the work. What we did at Team Curry is kind of coach and guide a little bit, educate you, but you had to make the tough decisions. And those decisions that you've made along the way, way before you met me, put you in a position of where you were able to retire. But focus just a little bit on making the transition from walking out the door to buying that motor home and the two of you traveling. Because I want to hear some of the travel stories in a minute. And April, I know you there's some stuff you want to ask, so jump in in a minute too. But um, it, was, it, was, it was very easy for me. We had been uh, looking at motor homes for uh, probably the last eight or ten years, you know, going down the highway, mm-hmm. looking and imagining what it would be like to do all that kind of thing. And then we finally... Uh, did that we had one uh, motorhome which was smaller than the one we ended up with um, and that sort of was an education process there that we knew what we did want what we didn't want um, but I think it was an easier process for me um, I think guys gravitate towards mechanical things and things that um, you know require some level of effort to make work and so on I think I got a lot of satisfaction on that um, Donna would enjoy the inside of the coach, but I would enjoy all of the coach, the, the driving and mechanical issues. So uh, it, was, it, was an, it was an easy transition for me. Good. Well, I think the reason we picked motorhome uh, travel is because we both like to travel very much. We've mm-hmm. been to a lot of different countries through our marriage. Um, but with what is going on around the world, we decided that we were going to see the U.S. of A. and check off things on the bucket list here. Very good. So yeah. we thought we'd sell our house because we didn't um, want people to be responsible for checking on whether the lawn people came and it was just easier to get rid of the house, get a coach, and become full-time 
RVers, and some people thought we were crazy. <laughs> some people thought we were very brave. Um, sometimes I think we were crazy and brave. So <laughs> some people thought we were stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and some days we thought we were stupid and we, crazy. <laughs> we, I think I, I may have said it earlier, but we saw uh, thirty states in a fifteen-month period of a, a two-year. A commitment to doing all this, but during just 15 months, we did 30 states. Wow. We did everything east of the Mississippi except two states. And then we did, I think, four or five west of the Mississippi. Um, in our marriage, we've done 48 states, uh, but in the coach, only only uh, 30. And as Donna said, we did a lot of Europe. We did most every country in, in Europe. Uh, but I'm glad we did it when we did, and we don't have to do those now. Very good. What would you say to anyone listening to this who it's not as easy a transition that they, they're not sure what the next part of their life is when they quote quit working and retire, second half of the game, I call it. What advice would you offer anyone who is sitting there like, okay, I really want to go do some things, but they need that little nudge to encourage them to do it. So let's suppose that their finances are in order, or they're just so tied to work that they can't let go. What advice would you offer anyone who's thinking that way? I would say life is short. You don't know when your last day is. This country is a beautiful country. There are so many things to see. Get out and do it while you can. One day you won't be able to. Yeah, I second that. Great advice. Great advice. April, anything on your mind you want to ask? I was just thinking, um, kind of on the same lines, is there anything, Bill and Donna, that you feel was like a struggle for you going from the responsibilities of working and into retirement? Uh, we have a client we met with yesterday who's going to be retiring at the end of March. And you know, she's feeling a little apprehensive. Like, what is this next stage of life going to look like? And we, we hear that a lot. So if there's anything that you can say, like, okay, well, I did struggle with this and how I overcame it. You, you will struggle. If both of you have worked your entire married life, which we did, some of us part-time, but uh, and being together 24-7 in a very small environment <laughs> can, on occasion, become an issue, not a problem, but an issue. Uh, we found out that when we were traveling, going places, uh, checking where we were going next, had something to do to look forward to, we were much better than if we were just sitting around doing nothing. Because um, we, he's an A-type personality. I don't mind sitting and reading, but after a while, you need to do something. So it, it is, you have to get your mindset that there, there will be days when you'll think, I made the wrong decision. But if you've got a plan of places that you want to go, things that you want to see, and keep your mindset that that's where you're going and what you're going to do, you'll make it through the once in a while day that you know you go, oh, I made a mistake. Why am I doing this? So I, I brought along a bunch of books, maybe I don't know, twenty-four yeah. inches worth of books that I have on a shelf. Never came off the shelf. I don't think I finished a book on the whole trip. I I always had things I had to do, you know, outside or inside or whatever, and or we were going somewhere. I never had time to read. So I would think with the work that both of you did, 
because you had to be so focused on numbers and dealing with people and calculations and all that, that this had to be a tremendous relief just to get away from that. Yeah. It, it was, <clears throat> but I still, to this day, have reflections on being in the office mm -hmm. and what's the next project, what's the next proposal, what's, what needs reviewed, all, you know, personnel uh, things, I don't want to say issues, because we were so lucky and so blessed to have a staff that was with us into the double digits for most of them. Um, loved, loved our staff, and it was probably the greatest accomplishment of, of our whole uh, firm history, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I still have uh, dreams that I'm at the office, and these, these issues are still coming up, and I, I can't get those to go away. It's not, it's not bad things. It's not nightmares or whatever. It's just remembering the daily struggles of all the little things that you had to do. That may never go away. I've been I've had the pleasure of being in this business I'm in my forty third year now. And I've heard so many people talk about retiring. And even though they don't go to the office, they still have fond memories of it. They think about it. Because think about it, if you work for thirty or forty years in a career, you don't just turn that off. Mm -hmm. Most people can't do that. Some can, but very few people can. My father retired six years ago and he tells me he still has dreams about work. So you're normal. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know if you're normal. Now. I'll re rephrase that one. Uh, this is a great segue to talk about some of the things you, you said a plan earlier. Mm -hmm. Talk with us a little bit about how did you how did you decide to just get a motorhome and start traveling? I, I know you talked about it. What places you want to go? Tell us mm -hmm. what you how you went about building the plan as to where to go. We've had the benefit of hearing this over the years, but it's just been fascinating. The we place had to have a place that we could take our dog. <laughs> okay. Therefore, buy motorhomes so you can take your dog with you. Uh -huh. That's good. That's good. It, it's somewhat true. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we would constantly have to have a, a dog sitter whenever we'd go to, you, know, you want to go to Hawaii or you want to go to California, you want to go on two or three weeks. And they have a dog sitter, and they're not always available. And uh, well, our breed of dog, yeah. you can't kennel; she would die. They're yeah. just they're very needy lap dogs. Yes. So yeah, we started, and then we figured out how much money we spent on on puppy sitters because yeah. then you have to feed them, and and a motor coach so much more economical. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so much more. Yeah. What about when you uh, first started your, your Trip, you did you you had a list of places mm -hmm. you were first going to go. Did you have how many how long of a time period did you plan out initially? Well, my I was instructed to write to all the different states, like on the eastern northeastern <laughs> seaboard, because okay. it was the fall when we started out. So we were going to go see the leaves change. So I had to write to all the states and get all the magazines and all the information, and then we kind of plotted out and then our son-in-law is a craft beer connoisseur and they found out we were going from Maine or something over to New York and they said oh could you go by Vermont to this brewery and get us some beer <laughs> and then Suzanne goes oh well there's a Cabot cheese thing oh well there's a Ben and Jerry's, ben and Jerry's. so every it just kind of evolved that you know you tell somebody where you were going and they go, oh, well, you got to go here and, you know, see this, do this. 
Um, so yeah, we did not have a we didn't finite have a route. Yeah. We were going to go from here to here to here. We had we had things that we wanted to do, but we were constantly adding to it. And some of our I, I meant to bring my map to show you of where we you know where we went and the directions and so on. And it looks a little crazy, but some of them were, were driven by activities that had dates attached to them. Like we wanted to go to a NASCAR race at the Indianapolis um, the Brickyard, Brickyard uh, Racetrack. Well, we had to be there on a certain day to do that. Sure. And we wanted to go to a um, <clears throat> baseball game in Pittsburgh. Had to be there on a certain day to do that. So a lot of our destinations were sort of driven by activities that we were trying to get to. I do want to see that map. I bet there's some zigzagging on there. Too. Oh, it's all over. Yeah. I mean, if you looked at it, it looks like we just threw spaghetti on the map. <laughs> Did we do 24, 22, 24,000 miles or yeah. something like that? Yeah. So, yeah, there was a lot of zigzagging. What are some of the places, the trips that you went to that stick out that are most memorable for you? I'm going to start with you. Well, mine is the Clydesdales. I had always wanted to go see the Clydesdales. So we ended up, didn't know you had to have advanced reservations. And here we pull on this little narrow road, our coach, and the girl comes out and she said, do you have tickets? Our tour just ended and the next one isn't for two hours. And we went, no, we didn't know you had to have tickets. So she guided us in. She said, that's no problem. Come here. We'll we'll get you tickets. So we had an hour and a half of the two of us with about 10 to 15 Clydesdales. Just just ourselves. And this um, is the Budweiser Clydesdale? Yes, yeah. at their... their um, Breeding farm, yeah. uh, which is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, but it was just such a beautiful day, and these horses are so terrific when they're running in the pastures and coming up. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed, um, I was a little petrified, but I enjoyed going out on the little plastic, or not plastic, whatever the platform is at the Sears Tower, and you look oh. straight yeah. down. I made fun of the girl, too, in front of me, because she didn't want to go out there, and I went, and piece of cake, and I got up there and I went, This is not a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed Niagara Falls. I had been there when I was a little girl, um, but hadn't been, been back, and he had never been. So we went and we went to the Canadian side, we went to the American side. Saw it in daylight and saw it, yeah, saw it at night, and saw a girl. We didn't see her fall over, but we saw the aftermath of what happens when you fall down the falls, but uh, that was that was fun. Um, it, you asked me one day, I'll tell you one place. You asked me another day. I mean, we saw things that I don't think we'd ever get to see had we not done this. Um, so it just Once depends. Once a lifetime trip, right? It, it really yeah. is. Yeah, I can't really say that, you know, like tomorrow I may say being in Bar Harbor with the Fall leaves was the best thing. Going to Ben and Jerry's was the best thing. So it's just um, it's just a terrific way to see the country. We went to Lambeau Field and did a tour of their stadium. And we were just dumbfounded with uh, what a terrific job they do there. You know, they're all stockholders in the Green Bay Packers, the <laughs> citizens. You know, they, they own, I guess you have to have a share of stock to get a seat or whatever. Um, so they're very, they take great pride in their stadium and they put on tours and the, these stockholders and stuff, um, I guess are, are the guides and so I want to show you through, but they took us to the, the, uh, sky boxes, you know, where the corporations and stuff have seats overlooking the field. 
took us down uh, to walk through the tunnel where the players come out. They played the music like the opening <laughs> of the game, and then the crowd roaring, mm-hmm. and that, and you could get your picture taken in front of the goalpost. Uh, then we went up to they had a very nice um, restaurant bar kind of thing that you could eat it inside or outside. They had a special beer that only was served at the stadium. Their own, uh, I think it was named after Curly Lambo yeah, or, or something, something like that. And cheese curds. <laughs> and cheese curds. We got introduced to cheese curds, which we'd always heard about, but had never tasted. Right. And they were they were just fabulous. And they had the best the best beer and the best cheese curds we had anywhere along the route because we started eating cheese curds. <laughs> yeah. After all that. And they were all measured against how good they were at Lambeau Field. But it was a beautiful um, uh, stadium. And then the way they, the effort that they put into making sure you enjoyed it was really, uh, really stunning. Very reasonable price, too. And when we yeah. were in Pittsburgh, you had to call a number, and they only did tours certain times of certain days. They made it so difficult. But yet you go to Lambo every hour they've got one of three different type, kinds of tours that you can go on. So they really want you to see <clears throat> their field. Um, yeah, they it was super. While you were at Lambeau Field, did you go to their museum, the Green Bay Packers Museum? We did not do that. That's an awesome experience. Well, that's what we heard. But we were we were on a sort of a short leash yeah, that day. Yeah. So my yeah. son and I went to a ball oh, game you? there in uh, December of uh, 2000. Ah, okay. And uh, I'm sorry, 1999. And then that, the people who treated us came here to watch the oh, wow. FSU okay. Florida game in 2000. When we had all the trucks out there uh-huh. because of the election, uh-huh. but my son just two nights ago we were having dinner. And he's thirty four years old now. He was telling me about his memories of us going, going there, there, going to that ball game. Yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll never, uh, yeah. never fade from ours. Right, and you know some of the places that we went um, were architecturally driven, where there were things that I wanted yeah. to see because I'd always you know seen them in magazines and heard about them. So. We went to uh, Frank Lloyd Wright's residence in Wisconsin, so we got to see his residence there. We had already seen the one, uh, Tallahassee West, out in Phoenix, Phoenix mm-hmm. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a, a great thing. We got to go to uh, Falling Water outside of Pittsburgh, which is another one of his famous, famous structures. Um, Some beautiful chapels, too, in uh, Ar- Arkansas. Yeah. But, um Beautiful settings in the, in the woods. We went to Branson, of course. We got to see the shows and stuff there. Right, it's kind of a kind of a, a neat place to go. We had always heard about it, and uh, I don't know that I need to go back. But <laughs> <laughs> we did enjoy the shows we went to, and and, and being there, uh, we went through Chicago on the river and saw you know a lot of the architecture there. Uh, went through the distilleries and. Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They've got a regular uh, whiskey trail or something. Burby trail. trail. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go on the Burby trail? There. We did part of it. We did part of it. Now I'm yeah. jealous that you didn't take me with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was the what was the yeah, distillery that we went to? Jim Beam. Yeah, Jim Beam. We're not we're not whiskey drinkers, but yeah. we just wanted to we're have the experience of having been there, done that, and, and, and yeah. seen that kind of stuff. Went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Went to the Harley Davidson uh, Museum in Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee was a great city. Um, beautiful waterfront. A great art museum there. 
went to uh, the uh, in Kansas City, the, the Mint. Yeah. And what'd you get for the kids there? Shredded. Oh, I got, well, I gave them shredded money. And then also they had bars of soap and there was a real bill inside, either a one, a five, a 10, a 20, or 50. <laughs> but you couldn't tell until you, you know, used up the soap. Or, or, or as the boys did, they just scraped. <laughs> Give me the money. Yeah, that's yeah. a new Show definition. Show me the money. That's funny. That's but that was version. funny because you got to actually live. I mean, you pull down on this machine so you could feel how heavy a gold bar is. I mean, you see these in the movies and you think, ah, you know, I know they're sort of heavy. They are really heavy. So that was very, the tour was very interesting. Did you bring home any samples of the gold? (laughs) No, they wouldn't give you that. (laughs) And they only let you have one bag of shredded money per person. I wanted two so I could give one to a grandchild and I could keep one. And Bill goes, you know, they have cameras around here, Elliot. (laughs) That's right. Go to jail. Yeah, yeah. Go to jail. What, What other trips did you take that are memorable? It's just, it's just it's exciting just sitting here watching you and just well, seeing your passion. Well, we went through the cornfields of Iowa, just row after row after row of cornfields. But let me tell you, you have never had corn until you have fresh picked, cooked corn. The day, I mean, cook it the day they pick it. It was to die for, <laughs> and um, so that was that That's was nice. fun. And what else do you? You mean? Did you mean trips outside of the RV experience, or uh, anywhere? Or? But especially on, on this uh, this adventure this you did with the adventure. RV. But any trips? Uh, Upper Michigan. I don't know if we. Oh no, we didn't talk much. about that. Okay. that was Upper beautiful. Michigan was a real surprise because yeah. I was I was really we had some friends who were up there and wanted us to come visit up in uh, Harbor Springs, which is north of Petoskey, which is on the northwestern most part of the they call them. Michigan Mitten. Um, and the beauty of going up the center of it was uh, the cornfields and the green trees and things like that. And then you get to the coast, and they've got these out, outrageous views that are just fantastic. Um, and the quaint flowers. Little, quaint and little flowers. Uh, houses for bed and breakfasts and things like that. Uh, wonderful beer, food. Um, and then you get up to the pictured rock. Uh, National Lakeshore on northern Michigan, and the the rock it, it's like real sheer cliffs, but the colors of the rock are unbelievable. And then what was the the island that we went around? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't either. Anyway, we went on a on a, uh, a rubber boat. Yeah, rubber boat with. Jet engine yeah, or something. That was fun. You're going to get wet on <laughs> that. Go, oh, that was into the yeah. rocks in the cave in area. The yeah. cave area and look up and see and all the, the different colors. colors. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you some of that yeah. um, on my phone. There, I got some pictures of it. We're just almost undescribable. Yeah, they had a big cruise boat that you could go on and just kind of cruise by. Well, we took the little rubber raft like thing the guy goes be ready to get wet <laughs> and we did but it was it was the most fun um did you feel said, like kids again yes we did oh, yeah. yes yes yeah. and then we went up to the upper peninsula so we're now upers and yeah, U-P. yeah upers. U- U- upers. upers 
But the the wildflowers on the side, both sides of the road, pinks, blues, yellows, whites, were just fabulous. And then we went into the moose. Oh, uh-huh. we did on see a moose on the side of the road. So I made him slam on the brakes <laughs> so I could get out and photograph. Which is really easy to do with a coach. <laughs> <laughs> and we went into Lake Michigan and found some Petoskey stones that are supposedly something really unique that they named them after Petoskey, but they have these little indents um, that are very... um, Almost like a coral-looking thing. Yeah. But then on a smooth stone. Yeah, on a smooth stone from the glaciers coming down. So we we found, we actually, I thought, well, we're going in the lake. And the lake was very warm. Uh, I would have thought it would have been very, very cold. Then we took a a three-and-a-half-hour ferry ride to... Isle Royale, one of the national parks, three and a half there, three and a half back. And uh, that was was interesting. There was supposed to be 1,500 moose on the island. Did not see a moose. Saw saw some (laughs) evidence of moose. moose. (laughs) And uh, so then we're leaving the UP, and it's sort of a dreary day, and we're driving down the road, and I go, or Bill goes, there's a moose. And I went, oh, my God, stop the Stop, stop. <laughs> so we have heard that if they pick their head up, you want to get out of there. Well, the car, I was back to where the toad was, snapping photos, and a car zipped and did a 180 and pulled over right in front of him. Well, he picked his head up, and I thought, I'm going back in the coach now. <laughs> but you could tell it was a moose on my photo, so we did get to see a moose. That is so cool. So that was fun. And the toad is the toad car. Yes. I'm sorry. Okay, good. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> that. That's good. So here's what I'm my takeaway from this. Not only did you get in the motorhome and you drive places, mm-hmm. but you got out and you did things. Yes. So it wasn't like a rush tour. I just got to go to these 38 states or whatever. You actually spent time, mm-hmm. enjoyed yourselves. Yes. Got to know each other better. And you took in our great country. We did. Or the east side of it. So we had been on so many tours out west that we said, well, we had done this two-year commitment, and we we didn't want to do stuff we'd already been. There are a few parks in the southwest that we hadn't been to, but just with, um, you know, we said, well, it's been two years. We've missed so much of our grandkids. And uh, so we decided we would, we would grow up and um, settle down. And enjoy grandchildren now. Well, so we've got our we've got grandchildren in Charlotte. We've got two there. We've got two in Black Mountain, North Carolina, and then we've got one at well, the University no, of Tennessee. One in Black Mountain. I mean, that's her summer home. Oh, but yeah. She's okay. Going to college at UT. Yeah. So, so, like, so that, they're all in a sort of a, a beeline right across North Carolina to Tennessee. We can just hopscotch across the state and see them all. Yeah, that's good. That's a good segue to. My, what I think is the last question, unless okay. something else pops up. What's what, what's next for Donna and Bill Elliott? Uh, Ta-da! You're still young, full of energy, so what are you going to do? Well, we have purchased a lot in South Carolina, five minutes from a Culver's with cheese curds, <laughs> and <laughs> 45 minutes from our children. Nice. So we're not too close to them. So we're going to have a house built. 
in a 55 plus community that we got to spend two nights there. Good. Uh, met some lovely people there. So I don't think we're going to become hermits. I think uh, we one of the ladies that we met at the Monday evening dinner showed us her calendar for February, and there was one day that she didn't have something to do. Okay. So I don't think we're going to be a burden on our children. <laughs> they may get upset because we don't have enough time, time for them. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's our next stage. As you were talking, Bill just handed me his phone with this picture. Uh-huh. And you've got this big old piece of cheese on top of your head. Oh. I have one of those at home also, and my son does. He wouldn't let me buy that, so I got the little drink one. That's he wouldn't cheese. buy you that? No. Bill, now, did he, show, did he show you him with a cheese hand? No, he didn't show me that. I have that picture. Convenient. That is so cool. That is so cool. I took pictures as we were going across the country of signs that I just thought were funny. You sent me some unique. of those. Yes. And uh, I probably got 60 or 80 of them. And I'm going to try to put some sort of little show together of just those signs, sort of a, uh, here's what we saw across the country. A great coffee table book. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. Great yeah. Coffee table book. I'll yeah. tell you, it'd be something else, too. How about pulling that together and let's do another interview, a podcast, and share some of those? Because some of those have got to be hilarious. <laughs> you sent some to me that I thought were real funny. And we're very enjoyable. Uh, we're about to run out of time. Here. Okay. Is there any th- closing thoughts that you'd like to share with people that have been listening to your story that might be sitting there going, wow, I want to do some of that, uh, but I'm not so sure. So just what, anything that's on your mind that you would share. If you talk to people that do RV, you will be, you'll know that this is what you should do. Um, people are very friendly in the parks. Um, they love what they're doing. They'll answer your questions if you have any hesitation about it. But I just say life is short. If you know, go go for it. Don't don't think about well, am I going to have a good time? You'll have a good time. Just don't worry about it. But do it. Do it while you can. And we had we had no um, bad experiences in the park. Yeah. With you know, strange people or people hounding you or bothering you or whatever. If if you saw somebody and exchange glances and it looks like they want to talk, you can talk. But we never had anybody banging on our door asking for a cup of sugar or anything like that. And we didn't see any of the RV experiences that you see on the like the, the, RV, RV. the RV show with uh, oh, what's the, the dead comedian? Oh, uh, John Candy? No. No. The, the, oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Little, little funny guy. Yeah, sure. the uh, well, the RV movie, right? You know, with exploding toilet systems and things right. like that. Yeah, no, that we never saw any of those. I know when I had my motorhome, I didn't travel as much as you did, but when, every time I would go to an RV park, if you opened your hood because checking the oil, somebody would come over mm-hmm. and say, "Do you have a problem? Mm-hmm. Can we be helpful?" Mm-hmm. So I would agree with you, Donna. That yeah. the people are just very friendly; they mm-hmm. want to help any way they can, mm-hmm. and you meet some very nice people. You do some very nice people. You that, do. It's a good way to travel. Good way to travel. Well, we went to a, a, a seminar. We should probably touch on this. Went to a seminar, and the guy said, um, "You know, you don't need to bring your big craftsman toolbox that has 19 drawers in it and every <laughs> tool imaginable, and stuff that on your coach and add 200 pounds to, to tote down the road." He says, "Wherever you go, like you just said, open your hood, 
And there's going to be five guys in there that have every tool imaginable. You don't have to carry it because you can, you can borrow it from somebody. And I, I, I never had the, the need to do that, but I saw other people that had to do it, and, and, and uh, that was really kind of true. But if you get a chance, if you're, if you're going to do this, take in some of the educational seminars um, on RVing. And we went to one that was a real good one. At, uh, Lazy Days in Tampa offers seminars, I think daily, if not on, certainly on weekends. And they have a driving school where they put you in a coach and let you drive after they've educated you on all the things that you should know about. And then there's a huge RV show in Tampa every January or February. But they have them other places. It would be good to go to before Every you... vendor imaginable selling everything that you could possibly use on a coach. Uh, in you know, in great volume. So if you go there and you can't find what you're looking for, and they have classes at the, they have at classes the RV thing to help you decide: healthy. do you want a fifth wheel? Do you want a class A? Do you want a class C? Give you things to think about and talk about. Just don't run out and buy the first thing on the lot that you see that you like. Think about: is I'm going to be living in this, or you know, is this going to suit my needs? Is it big enough? Um, you know, can it pull a car? Gas versus diesel. There's a lot to think. So think about it. Spend some time um, going to different places, looking around before you jump in. Because I think that's what we did on the first one. We bought one. wasn't we big enough. We were doing. Yeah. So we had it a week. I so. remember that conversation very well. I remember us talking about that. But I think that's great advice no matter what you're doing, whether mm-hmm. it be travel, yeah. your financial planning, your retirement planning, get educated. In fact, I remember... Uh, you folks coming to one of our seminars many, yeah. many years ago. Yeah. And you've always had a desire to learn and grow and get educated before you make decisions. And that's good advice. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, this has been, I, I've learned some things that I didn't even know good. about. Uh, and I've heard a lot of these stories that you've shared with us. And I, I thank you so much for joining April. We just went to your seminar for the food. <laughs> well, food was excellent. I, but I, I'm sorry we didn't have any cheese curds for you. <laughs> well, good. We didn't know about them then. So you're uh, safe. So now I'm in trouble. Anytime I serve something now, you're going to uh-huh. measure me to yes. the cheese curds? Yes, I am. Yes, I'll I remember am. that. I'll remember that. Thanks again for being with us. Well, and, thank you. Uh, April, anything you want to wrap up with? Good. Goodbye, folks. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to know more about John Curry services, you can request a complimentary information package by visiting johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Again, that is johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Or you can call his office at 850-562-3000. Again, that is 850-562-3000. John H. Curry, Chartered Life Underwriter, Chartered Financial Consultant, Accredited Estate Planner, Master's in Science and Financial Services, Certified in Long-Term Care, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Securities products and services and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities. Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA and SIPC. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this material, we are not undertaking to provide investment advice for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact one of our financial professionals for guidance and information specific to your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guardian and subsidiaries, agents, or employees do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. 
Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Not affiliated with the Florida Retirement System, the Living Balance Sheet, and the Living Balance Sheet logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York, copyright 2005-2020. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities or Guardian and opinions stated are their own. 2020-96623 expires March 2022.